Answering Mormon's Questions by Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson deals with 36 commonly asked questions by your LDS friends and neighbors. It's a great resource for Christians who want to share their faith with friends and loved ones. Be sure to pick up your copy today at your favorite Christian bookstore. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We continue to look at a Gospel Topics essay titled Becoming Like God that was posted on LDS.org on February 24, 2014. We are today looking at the section that asks this question, How were ideas about deification introduced to Latter-day Saints? And as we've mentioned in past broadcasts in this series, this entire essay is a defense regarding the Mormon notion that human mortal beings can eventually become like God himself. It says, as Joseph Smith continued to receive revelations, he learned that the light or intelligence at the core of each human soul, quote, was not created or made, neither indeed can be, end quote. God is the father of each human spirit, and because only spirit and element inseparably connected receive a fullness of joy, he presented a plan for human beings to receive physical bodies and progress through their mortal experience toward a fullness of joy. Earthly birth, then, is not the beginning of an individual's life. Quote, man was also in the beginning with God, end quote. Likewise, Joseph Smith taught that the material world has eternal roots, fully repudiating the concept of creation ex nihilo. Quote, earth, water, etc., all these had their existence in an elementary state from eternity, end quote, he said in an 1839 sermon. God organized the universe out of existing elements. Let's go back now and look at what it says at the very beginning. As Joseph Smith continued to receive revelations, he learned that the lighter intelligence at the core of each human soul was not created or made. Notice, folks, where the genesis is of all this. Joseph Smith is not held accountable as far as defending his positions from any known scripture, certainly not the Bible, certainly not the Book of Mormon. But Joseph Smith can claim to have a revelation and come up with notions, ideas, doctrines that certainly are not shown to be in those existing scriptures that even Mormons believed at that time. Now, for us as Christians, that doesn't seem natural because when we would say he said, we would be referring to Paul or John or even Jesus as it was quoted in the Bible. But here, Joseph Smith is given the freedom to be able to say whatever he wishes, and that's supposed to be believed. He's always given that kind of freedom. And unfortunately, Latter-day Saints, because they do believe that he is a Latter-day prophet of God, tend to give him, as we have often said on this show, a free pass. He can teach whatever he wants, and Mormons just fall in line and swallow everything that he says. And folks, this this is awfully dangerous, especially when you can clearly show from the Bible where Joseph Smith was in error and contradicts what God had revealed. Now, you can argue 
that that passage of the Bible is somehow mistranslated or not transmitted accurately. But sadly for the, for the Mormon in this area, a lot of the verses that we would probably bring up to refute Joseph Smith's claim, he leaves intact in his Joseph Smith translation of the Bible or the inspired version. So that doesn't help the Mormon case unless they want to say that Smith got his own Bible wrong. And I don't think most Mormons are willing to go in that direction. When it talks about earthly birth, then, is not the beginning of an individual's life. Man was also in the beginning with God. This is quoting from the Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 29. And then it says, Likewise, Joseph Smith taught that the material world has eternal roots, fully repudiating the concept of creation ex nihilo. He may be repudiating it. He may be contradicting it. But is he really making a good case against what many believe the Bible to actually teach regarding creation out of nothing. When it says God organized the universe out of existing elements, Eric, I have to ask the question, if the Mormon God organized the universe out of existing elements, first of all, we have to ask, which God did that? Hmm. Mormons would probably assume it's Elohim. Well, if that's this universe, but if a Mormon wants to believe that every god creates his own universe, well, then you have other gods that are creating universes as well. Where does this material, this element that it refers to, where did it come from? Good question. See, that's the thing. If a Mormon wants to believe that God had to take matter and form it into whatever he desired, I'd go, okay, but my question is, where did the matter come from? Did matter predate God himself. Now, you've got to remember, folks, Joseph Smith also taught that though man was in the beginning with God, he also taught that we have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. So we would have to assume that if the God of Mormonism was once a human being, and then when he's finally elevated to the position of God, he's organizing matter that certainly preceded his ability to be the deity in charge at that point. Right. At least in that area of whatever universe we're talking about. It gets a little bit complicated, I have to admit. But what do we do when we look at the Bible on this issue? Because certainly we don't get the idea that matter always existed. What would the Bible say on that? Well, for instance, John chapter 1, verse 3, right after the famous verse 1, which says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Verse 3 says, All things were made through him, referring to the Word. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So without him, nothing was made that was made. And this ties hand in glove, you would say, with Colossians chapter 1, where it reads in verse 16, For by him, and the context is speaking of Jesus, who in verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. For by him, Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. If, in fact, 
we are going to believe what's being said here. Do you see a problem with that? Oh, definitely. I mean, the whole idea that man was also in the beginning with God. If you're a Christian believer out there, that ought to be like fingernails on the chalkboard. That is blasphemous. Let me give you a quote from Milton R. Hunter, a 70, who wrote a book called The Gospel Through the Ages. It was actually used as a Melchizedek priesthood study book back in 1945. And on page 126, this is what Milton R. Hunter said, life, intelligence, mind, the light of truth, or whatever name one gives to the center of the personality of man is an uncreated, eternally existent, indestructible entity. He, for that entity is a person, is eternal as God is, coexistent, in fact, with God, of the same kind of substance or essence with deity. Now, he goes on and says that it's inferior in degree of intelligence and power of God, but that doesn't matter. The very idea that we as humans were somehow in eternity with God, that we were coexistent with him, eternal is is a pretty big word, and I wouldn't put that with any man. I certainly don't believe that I am eternal in that sense. Well, I think Paul would also object to that, and I think he would object to it by the very words that we read out of Colossians 1.17. And he, speaking of Jesus, is before all things. If he's before all things, he would be before all mankind. And then he had to create all things, according to John chapter 1, verse 3 as well. I mean, so when did humans come into existence? It had to have come after he was in existence. Exactly, which shows again that Joseph Smith, though he claims to have a revelation from God, whoever this God is that he's serving at this time, because it certainly is not the God of the Bible, he claims to have these revelations. He doesn't need to defend himself from the Bible. And I wonder how many Mormons listening to him or, or how many followers listening to him at that time never bothered to raise their hand and say, hey, but Joseph Smith, what about Colossians? What about John 1? What about these verses that make it appear that certainly God preceded all things? And you're bringing up a great point, Bill. And today, here we are, almost 200 years later, and we have the Bible, and the Bible contradicts what Joseph Smith is saying. If you're a Latter-day Saint and you believe in the authority of the Bible, how do you reconcile these things? How do you reconcile John 1, 3 and Colossians chapter 1 with what Joseph Smith is saying? It goes on and says, Joseph Smith continued to receive revelation on the themes of divine nature and exaltation during the last two years of his life. In a revelation recorded in July 1843 that linked exaltation with eternal marriage, the Lord declared that those who keep covenants, including the covenant of eternal marriage, will inherit, quote, all heights and depths. Then, says the revelation, shall they be gods because they have no end. They will receive a continuation of the seeds forever and ever. It's interesting the phrase that is used in the Doctrine and Covenants, and this is taken from section 132. They shall be gods because they have no end. My problem with that statement is, is I don't believe that God is God because he will have no end. I believe in a God who also was God from clear back to eternity past. Right. And that certainly cannot be the God of Mormonism. God was always God from everlasting to everlasting. You are God, according to Psalm 90, verse 2. But yet Joseph Smith denies that. He denies Moroni 8.18 that says God's unchangeable. He was always God. He denies 
Doctrine and Covenants, section 20. He denies a lot of these things later on. And I'm, again, I'm asking the question, nobody who's following Joseph Smith at this time bothers to raise their hand to ask a question about this? Well, and this is the problem of giving somebody an unlimited checkbook. He can write whatever he wants, and he can say whatever he wants, and nobody is going to question that. In that last sentence there, when it says, they will inherit all heights and depths, then says the revelation, shall they be gods because they have no end. They will receive a continuation of the seeds forever and ever. This is talking about a Mormon doctrine called eternal increase. This same Joseph Smith is recorded in the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, pages 300 to 301, saying, Except a man and his wife enter into an everlasting covenant and be married for eternity while in this probation, by the power and authority of the holy priesthood, they shall cease to increase when they die. That is, they will not have any children after the resurrection. And of course, Mormonism teaches that Mormons who become gods will have this ability to procreate. Tenth President Joseph Fielding Smith said those who attain to the exaltation in the celestial kingdom shall have the power of eternal increase of posterity, and they shall be above all because all things are subject unto them. Children born to parents who have obtained through their faithfulness the fullness of these blessings shall be spirit children not clothed upon with tabernacles of flesh and bones. These children will be like we were before we came into this world. In other words, Mormons are repeating a process that has been going on since eternity past. You would be very hard-pressed to be able to support these teachings from the Bible. And as a Christian who values the Bible, such doctrines ought to be, should be, rejected as being in error. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. <laughs>